It should be obvious that we cannot solve a crisis with the same methods that got us into it in the first place. This is a last chance saloon. Because if we don't really take the decisions that are vital now, it's going to be almost impossible to catch up. We will end the moratorium on extracting our huge reserves of shale, which could get glass flowing as soon as six months. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon east tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter Series 4 Fool's Gold. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it's in. Now, over the last few weeks, we've sat back and chewed the fat as the government collapses around us. This week, however, they took it to new levels. After 45 days in office, the leader quit and we start the whole thing again. Let's speak to our man currently rolling around the floor like a Cabri smash alien. He is the green entrepreneur and environmentalist, Dale Vince. Dale, morning. Yeah, morning in. I think I got whiplash, actually, from all of the abrupt stops and the, the endless handbrake turns we've been having on policy and who's in and who's out and the crashing of the economy and the pound. It's like... Uh, to call it a shit show would be to do a disservice to the concept of a shit show, right? Yeah. I mean, there are, you know, quite good shit shows out there, frankly. And this, <laughs> so, so this doesn't even do that justice. Uh, I mean, this is just extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, here we have not just the fact that trust lasted 45 days, or you can add a week to that because she'll be gone fully next week. But now the, 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 the ghost returns <laughs> no. potentially yeah. in Boris Johnson. I mean, it's mad, isn't it? it? Just when you thought it couldn't get any madder, this corrupt, lying fool yeah. is about to make a return. I mean, yeah. uh, will we stand for it? I have no idea. Will Will the Tory party actually want him? They might, because I think they're desperate. You know, the, the caliber of leader that they've been able to throw up uh, in the last few months and the, and the candidates that are going to stand, I mean, they're very poor. And, and if he's the best of the bunch, then um, that's all you need to know. Well, the the crazy thing about this is that when he went, if you remember those two days when Johnson went, there was MP after MP and minister after minister quitting his government saying, I can't serve under this man anymore. I can no longer do this. So what would that do to the Conservative Party if he came back in? Are all all of those voices, and some of them his most trusted lieutenants, are they going to somehow say, oh, we we made a mistake and we now like him? Well, uh I mean, that's a good question, right? But look, this is a party that doesn't care about what it said before in terms of what it says now. I mean, they tore up the 2019 manifesto, Liz Truss trying to bring back fracking, for example, uh, you know, trashing environment laws, which I know we're going to get onto. This is a Tory party that doesn't care what it says. It doesn't care what it does as long as it clings onto power. Yeah. Oh, and and even 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 funnier, there's a proposal out there that's t- uh, that under serious consideration by the party to only put up one candidate because members must have a vote, but to give them only one to vote for, like we're in China or North Korea or Russia or something. I mean, that's incredible, but it's under serious consideration. Absolutely right. Well, let's move to other issues which will feed into you know whoever gets the big gig. Uh, so this time next week we'll have a new prime minister. That's uh, th- that looks as if it's going to be the case more or less. Uh, but it doesn't stop the environmental agenda building up around and in that to do list that the new PM will have to deal with. Everything we're going to talk about today should be at the top of that list. Concerns about climate change decrease as risk grows. I mean, how have we got here, Dale? 
Yeah, but this is a global survey and um, concerns overall around the world are still at around about 48% and it's dropped a percent and a half or something like that. And what they're saying is that it's, uh, it's the other crises that we're facing. Uh, you know, the war in Ukraine, uh, food shortages, cost of living. I mean, these are global issues, energy prices. Uh, and actually, that's taking people's, uh, let's say, eye off the ball or concern off the issue. And, you know, I think it's to be expected, actually. Although, ironically, perhaps the uh, the areas of the world with least concern, like in the 20% and that kind of stuff, are the areas that are already most affected and will be most affected by the ecological impact of climate crisis. And that's a bit interesting. Certainly is. And it, it, when, when you consider the, the, I suppose, what you would call the, the, the complete woeful lack of seriousness that the government has uh, treated this subject, it, it, it's no surprise that some people are not getting on board with this. Yeah. And, you know, levels of concern uh, remain high in, uh, let's say, the Western world and in Britain, and even though we've, you know, we've got our own multiple crises to deal with here in, uh, in Britain. We, we have all of this worse than anybody else in the Western world due to our government, quite frankly. But, uh, you know, the climate hasn't gone away. Concerns about nature haven't gone away either. And, and they're closely linked. And I know that's coming up next. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, what, what this new government needs to do actually is to reverse some of what trust left in place. Right. The uh, sure. lifting of the moratorium on fracking hasn't gone away. The intention to bonfire 570 EU regulations hasn't yeah. gone away. And uh, they need to grab hold of that fast and uh, first. Here's a question from John on Twitter. I saw your post on the green gas project. Can anaerobic digestion really be that green? Have I got the pronunciation of that correct? Yeah, I think that worked. <laughs> yeah. What, why would John be concerned that it's not green? Because I always thought that was the whole point. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I've just seen um, overnight some questions on social media uh, like, oh, but don't you use concrete? Therefore, it can't be green. What's the life cycle carbon footprint, that kind of stuff? You know, it might just be one of these fairly normal uh, kind of skeptical reactions to something that sounds really good. And actually, in this case, is really good. And where people yeah, say, yeah. yes, but, you know, yes, but you use concrete or yes, but you eat food, you know, aren't you contributing to the climate crisis? I, I think it might be that, but I might be doing him a disservice. But I can't think what else it could be. I mean, what the, the real key with anaerobic digestion is what you feed it, right? And what we've avoided in our work is to use energy crops, yep. which are a monoculture, bad for the environment and bad for wildlife. And we've avoided waste as well. Uh, using food waste and animal slurry comes with a whole package of issues, and, and neither of them are scalable uh, to, to provide our national needs, whereas grass are uh, fuel of choice is so it might be a fuel question or it could be a carbon footprint question but i genuinely don't know and the answer is yes in any event uh, it is and can be green the study that we published about our first green gas mill says that it would be 90 percent lower carbon uh, footprint than north sea gas and with a few process tweaks we'll get to 99 percent. so i don't think you can get much better than that yeah that's how, that sounds like a deal breaker to me um a piece in the, uh, the the Guardian from this week uh, from Patrick Barkham has this headline: "I'm shedding tears of rage. How the Tories' war on nature outraged everyone, from the RSPB to farmers." Yeah, and Tory MPs, right? And Tory MPs, and this is the curious thing about this current government because I don't think we've ever seen a Conservative Party really where there is a substantial amount of backbenchers now that are on board with all of this. Yeah, I mean. Uh 
It is, of course, the agenda of the previous government, so it's yet to be seen what the new one, uh, you know, next Friday, the new new Prime Minister will do. It's so yeah, funny yeah. that we have a new Prime Minister every week, it feels like. Mayflies have longer lifespans, right, now than a British Prime Minister. So it is Truss's agenda and, uh, you know, the trashing of uh, all EU regulations and um, taking away the new support for farmers to rewild instead of uh, intensify agriculture, all that kind of stuff. It may not stand, right? It may not stand for another week in classic list trust policy style. Uh, let's hope not. But otherwise, they have united all of the wildlife NGOs, uh, a whole bunch of Tory MPs, a whole bunch of farmers against them to say WTF, actually. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> and to unite all of those groups is something really yeah. because it would be fair to say that whilst there is some commonality in the venn diagram of, of, of different organizations um it, there's also a lot of differences uh, and yet this really does bring them all together yeah. i got a feeling when trust came to office she promised to uh, unify the country maybe this is what she had in mind here's a question <laughs> here's a question from madeline on twitter does your green gas plan mean less land to grow food well, I'm going to say yes. If by food you mean cows, then I'm going to say yes. Not exclusively. There is land that we can use that is not for cows. But our preference is to use land that's being used to grow grass for cows or, f yeah. or other feed for cows because we don't just feed them grass. Because we need to reduce our uh, red meat production and consumption is a climate issue and a human health issue. That's very clear. I think it's been set out by the Climate Change Committee. We need a 35% reduction in the next couple of decades. And that land can be used to grow grass instead of feeding it to a cow. We can feed it to a gas mill. So, I mean, short answer, yes, uh, but it's not a bad thing because it's food that we don't need. We are looking at the potential of a Labour government coming up, Dale. Um, in I mean, if, if an election is called, which I don't imagine mm. any Tory who gets in as the mm -hmm. new leader next week is going to call an election anytime soon. Look, so how do we get a general election? We desperately need one, uh, but we need the turkeys to vote for Christmas, right? Because the Tories are in control of this agenda now, and they won't call a general election because they know they're going to lose, which means we're stuck with them for another two years, which is crazy. Now, I remember when Gordon Brown took over from Tony Blair and the media were baying for a general election. They basically forced him into it. They were saying he was illegitimate. He had no mandate. We had to have a general election. Where are they now, right? These right-wing media types, where are they now? Calling for trust to call a general election. They didn't do that. The next one, they won't do that. Next two years, yeah. we could have a handful of new Tory prime ministers. They won't call for them to go. And I think that's wrong. So I'm just going to, I've just raged about that. And that's out of my system. That's In fair. Terms <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In, in terms of like, is there a better leader than Keir Starmer out there? I'm reminded of how it works in renewable energy, right? We've got, for example, electric cars in the world. They are fantastic. They're taking over the roads. The range is 300 miles plus. They're charging in 30, 40 minutes. And that's only improving. The price is coming down. They're here. They're, they're now and they're working. And still people say, oh, hydrogen cars look better, right? So, yeah, I think it's human nature. You know, there's a lot of talk about the hydrogen economy, how it can do this, that, and the other. It isn't here. There's carbon capture and storage. I mean, that's just a myth perpetuated by the fossil fuel industry. And, yeah, on the left, I think particularly, there's always, like, grumbling and talking, you know, the old circular firing squad that uh, that the left ha are in the habit of having. You know, I, I just say forget all that stuff, right? Keir Starmer's doing a good job. He will do a good job if he gets to be prime minister. What more do you really want? So Andy Burnham, what's been going on with him? Uh, community Energy Projects. 
Yeah, so I was in Manchester Monday this week and with Andy Burnham and Steve Rotherham, uh, the mayors of Manchester and Liverpool respectively, we launched a green energy task force. I'm the leader of it, which uh, gives me a great pleasure to say because it's quite fun. And the idea is to replicate something we did in Gloucestershire about five years ago and do a study of the two city regions and see how much renewable energy potential there is there from the wind, from the sun, from grass, hydrogen even, you know, because it's got a little role to play, I'm sure, uh, tidal, uh, all that kind of stuff, and to present to the mayors the exact amount, uh, in theory, that we think can be built in the regions uh, from a desktop study, uh, show them the cost of that and show them the, the benefits of that to local people if that is kept in public ownership. So that's the game. Yeah, good work. Uh, here's a question from Chris on Facebook. What are the rules for my new business general election now sponsoring FGR's <laughs> FA Cup jersey? Well, that's a good question, right? Somebody just uh, uh, spoke to me in the cafe where I was having breakfast about that. They'd seen it on social media, said, what do you think? And I said, I don't actually know. I don't think the rules preclude it. He thinks the rules do, so we're going to have to go away and check. Uh, but I think it's a nice idea. Are you How- not allowed to get political? Is that I always thought that was the the deal. But you could argue that calling for a general election doesn't favour one party or the other. Well, well, that's a good point. And uh, this guy said that uh, I think he'd worked at FIFA and he knew that you couldn't put political stuff on shirts uh, while at FIFA. But as you say, it's not actually supporting one party or the other. Yeah. But we're going to look into it. And um, I think the idea of fans at the moment is maybe to crowdsource to raise a bit of funding to do this. We've got a our first FA Cup game in two weeks against South Shields. Yep. And uh, it's on telly. So there's a great opportunity to, Fantastic. to, to do it and uh, get it in a few faces. Good work. Uh, Let's have a look at this. Uh, It is fracking, uh, as ever. Fracking corner here on this podcast. Uh, Fracking helps to bring down Liz Truss, but moratorium lifts. What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was all part of the mental week we had, wasn't it? The scenes in the comments. Was it yesterday? I think it might have been the day before. The the physicality, the shouting, the shoving uh, to get... Tory MPs into the correct lobby, uh, the whips apparently resigning and then not resigning, allegations of bullying over the heads and that kind of stuff. And the government actually winning the vote on a Labour motion, which would have given all MPs a chance to, to vote to ban fracking. That's a kind of pyrrhic victory, really, because um, a day later she was gone. And, uh, you know, fracking is is an issue like uh, the, the bonfire of EU environment regulations. It's united an awful lot of people. An awful lot of Tory MPs do not want it. And, and the general population just don't want it. And it's just another one of those stupid ideas and the tearing up of another manifesto pledge. And, um, I mean, it's just a sign of just how radical, how crazy, really, Truss's approach to policy was. And meanwhile, there's a report out, I think it came from the House of Commons Library, actually, that says um, Preston New Road, Britain's only ever live fracking site, uh, when it was running for six months uh, a couple of years ago, generated, wait for it, one earthquake every day. Yeah, 192 quakes in 182 days. (laughs) So, in fact, it's more than one a day. Yes, it is. I stand corrected. But I was just. It's far worse than you actually thought it was. (laughs) An earthquake a day keeps the doctor away, does it? I don't know what it does. But I mean, come on, guys. You know, the, the moratorium was not meant to be lifted unless there was new scientific evidence of the safety of fracking in respect of earthquakes. And, and now we hear that actually it was, it was one a day. Uh, maybe they don't think that's a big deal. I have no idea. 
And the, the crazy thing is, because every now and again, somebody will say, well, it's just like a big lorry going past your house. Well, tell That's that to the person whose foundations of their home have just been cracked open to their core. It's classic, isn't it? It's, I mean, the fracking lobby, they have all of those. Just like a, it's just like a supermarket delivery lorry. Yeah, or a carrot falling off a table. But, but yeah, yeah, under your bed, you know, that's, that's, that's a big, there's a whole difference there. If, I, yeah. if a Tesco supermarket lorry uh, were to drive under my bed, I'd want that stopped as well. <laughs> yes, you would. I think I would say, can you not do that, please? It's very, very bad. <laughs> but there we go. I think, uh, I mean, the only positive you could perm to go back to where we started, Dale, about Boris Johnson coming back is that uh, he was not pro-fracking. Well, I think the positive about Johnson is he was all talk and no action. And the uh, the negative about Liz Truss was she was all action and no thought. Um, yeah, which one true. would you rather have? I don't know. Maybe there's somebody else we could go for. Let's let's see what they throw up. But they're going to have a one-week contest now instead of a six-week contest, and they're angling really to take the choice away from members, which, although it may sound undemocratic, I think it's a fucking good idea because look who they gave us last time. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. So but, here's the choice. But, I, I might as well put this to you, Dale, okay? As a, a, an ardent and unapologetic lefty, what, what, you've got Rishi Sunak... Boris Johnson or Penny Morden? <laughs> Do you know what? Firstly, I want to say, I think I'm centre of the road, middle ground politically, actually. Okay. And the Tories are so far to the right, I probably do look like a lefty. I don't know. <laughs> which one of those would I prefer? Yeah. Oh, That's geez. like saying, would you prefer to drown, be dropped out of an aeroplane, <laughs> or shot at, a, at dawn? Quite right. But well, in reality, it's going to be one of those three. That, that or Johnson. Did, did you have Johnson in your list? Yeah, Johnson, yeah. Penny Morden, Rishi Sunak. So yeah. the one thing Rishi Sunak has going for him, I, I'm told, is that he's so rich, he's uncorruptible. So the, the, there can't be any brown envelopes or don't worry, I'll pay for your wallpaper, governor, because he huh. doesn't need any of that shit. He's got huh. so much money. So that used to be the whole argument, didn't it? For the, you know, back in the day, the left yeah. uh, had uh, union uh, representatives and the, the, the Tories had very rich old duffers and it was seen as a perfect mirroring in some curious way because the, the union guys were there for their members yeah. and the rich old duffers were seen that the richer you were the the less you could be corrupted because there was mm. nothing to to corrupt you with i don't buy so, that you no know, i think that there's still things that could corrupt you i suppose but I the mean, principle i get the principle of it so yeah. that's supposedly rishi's big ticket that he can't be a criminal yeah. <laughs> but look but look i think uh, you know rich people often get rich by being greedy and i don't think they stop being that's greedy true. when they get rich and there's an awful yeah. lot of corruption amongst rich people and, it, and you know being being massively rich didn't stop rishi sunak's wife from dodging tax in britain that's very true, although she would say it was perfectly legal because that was my status. A lot of tax dodging is perfectly legal, but it's still tax dodging. And just before we move on to a final question, Dale? Yeah, so I just want to share my favourite quote from the whole fracking debacle in the House of Commons this week. It was a Tory MP, and he said, this, this absurd battle over fracking in the House of Commons is like a fight between bald men for a comb. It's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a beauty. That's a beauty. And he's spot on as well. Yes. Uh, Hannah on Facebook says, did you support the protesters who blocked the Dartford Bridge? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> on that point, I mean, where, where does the – because obviously there's been a lot of debate about protesting and what 
constitutes a, a legit protest and what doesn't, etc. And, you know, if somebody's blocking the road, you can say, great, well, they're, they're, they're true to their cause. They've stopped a few cars going to work. So what? But then you get into that territory. There's an ambulance trying to get past with somebody mm. who's nearly dead in the back. Is there a line in this at all? You know, I think for these people that are putting their liberty at risk, and we need to talk about the draconian laws that we have now in our country to prevent protest. For these people, the climate crisis is a way bigger issue, and they don't intend to cause harm. And I would say, so far, no harm has been caused of that type. It's a favorite of right-wing radio shows and TV, but what if there's an ambulance in the queue? That hasn't happened yet. There hasn't been a problem caused. But, you know, you can get 10 years now for going equipped to go to a protest with a, if you've got a placard in the back of your car. If you're at a protest that police deem noisy, you can get 10 years for that as well you know it's like we live in north korea or russia or somewhere you know we're supposed to be a free country but we are not and these people are risking an awful lot to bring attention to this crisis that is bigger than anything else we face so i say fair play to them there it is good work dale have a cracking week we'll speak in seven days nice one that's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there too. And if you want to get in touch, you can email your comments and questions to zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. And of course, follow Dale on social media. He's on Twitter, Facebook, Insta, and even TikTok too. <laughs> Zero Carbon East Off.